In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. There are several aphorisms that many of us could listen to on practically a daily basis and would be helpful to us just guiding our thinking and our lives. Um, Plato's comment that there is truth in wine and children comes to mind immediately. Or uh, Napoleon Bonaparte's uh, uh, aphorism, if you want a thing done well, do it yourself. Which made me think, did he write that or say that as a general or as a parent? Because both could be true. Um, Albert Einstein, who said, if you cannot explain something simply, you do not understand it very well. Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, play is learning. He says, for children, play is serious work. I think it goes for adults, too, don't you? Um, uh, Cora Harvey Armstrong says, inside the heart of every older person is a younger person screaming, what the heck happened? And they're not, she doesn't say heck, but it's a version of that. You know, um, The one that really kind of shapes my thinking a lot, though, the late uh, Bishop Chuck Murphy, he was our bishop for a while, who said to me once, Joe, you can do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. You can do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. He would say that not just to me, but to when our clergy would gather in in Pauly's Island, whatever. You could do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. And the older I get and the longer I serve in ministry, the more I realize how true this is. You can do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. One of my favorite cartoons is this priest who is sitting in his study and he's surrounded by books and he's got all this work going on and there's this little thought bubble going up about his head that says, I really need to spend more time with people. And in the next cartoon, the next uh, frame rather, you see him sitting with this um, elderly woman and he's sipping tea and there's this little thought bubble that said, I really need to get back to my study. (laughs) This is the life. This is the life of the ministry. And it's not just those two choices. There's so much more that needs to be done. I I used to laugh when people used to say, oh, you only work one day a week. And I would think, yeah, now I think I'm going to strangle you. Um, You know, because you don't. You work every day, all day, constantly. It's um, it's just it's a never ending list of things that you could do. You can do anything you want, though, but you can't do everything you want. So you have to prioritize. You have to make choices. What are the things that you can do? I used to say to my students when I would teach at university, you know how busy a priest is? As busy as he wants to be. Because there's always something else to do. And that's true whether you're a physician or a school teacher, right? A mechanic or an accountant. You're a banker or a nurse. You're a parent or whatever. You will how busy you are as busy as you want to be. Because there's always more that needs to be done. I mean, for years, I have been meaning to, like, catalog, catalog, easy for me to say, catalog my library. I've just been thinking, you know, this is something I should do. You know, I kind of look through stuff, and wouldn't it be great if I just had a list and and I give books out, and, you know, if I go and get it and I don't know where it is, I could just say, oh, I can loan this out to so-and-so, and and I could hunt it back down if I needed it. But I've not done that. And do you know why? Because there's always something else I can do. I mean, always sometimes it's something simple, like, you know, I could ride my mountain bike or go golfing. Um, I, could go di- I could go to dinner with friends. I know these guys who none of them go to church, and they are wild. I mean, wild, wild. But they love me to come over and want to talk to me about faith all the time. And so I could go spend time with them. 
You can do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. Sometimes you have to prioritize. Sometimes you have to make choices. But even beyond that, even beyond the prioritization that we need to do in our lives, right, the things that we can decide, you know, we can do anything, but you can't do everything, so what what are the things I want to do? Sometimes, sometimes our choices come down to a binary decision. You can do this or you can do that. But you can't do both. You know, obvious uh, uh, example is an election. Maybe you like both candidates or neither. <laughs> and, and you have to vote. You know, you know, either that or that. You can't do both. You can choose one or the other. You can walk to work or you can drive. You really can't do both. I remember when I was five years old, my mother tossed me into the swimming pool. And she offered me a choice in midair. You can sink or you can swim. <laughs> I learned to swim. Right? Um, she would put down a plate of food on the table. And say, you could eat or you can starve, you know. This is the way it was when I grew up. You had two choices usually for everything. Take it or leave it. I mean, this is it, you know. There there aren't options, right? When you see injustice in the world, you can speak up or you can shut up. These are your choices. You can't do both. You can make friends or you can make enemies. Marry Brad or you can marry Darren, but you can't marry both. Marry Betty or Susan. You can't do both. Unless you're Mormon. Maybe you could get by with that. I don't know. But you, you're not supposed to be able to do that. You marry one person or the other. I would have said, you can stay in bed or go to church. But there are people, I think, right over there who can do both at the same time today. And, um, and God bless you that you can. I'm, uh, I'm good for that. Sometimes there are choices we have to make. Sometimes we're faced with a binary decision. It's A or B. It's C or D. You can do this or you can do that. One of them was, I I had thought about, you can be a Muslim or you can be a Christian. I remember, maybe you do too, about, I don't know, maybe three years ago or so, there was this woman who was an Episcopal priest, and I want to say in Seattle, somewhere in Pacific Northwest, who decided she was going to be a Muslim Christian. I'm laughing because it's an impossibility. You cannot be a Muslim Christian. You can't be a Muslim Christian any more than you can be a married bachelor. You know, you are one or you are the other. You cannot be both. Sometimes life is about making choices. You can do A or you can do B, but you cannot do both. And that is the message of the psalm that we read together in unison today. Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is like a preface. It's like a a beginning part to the whole 150 uh, uh, psalms in the Psalter. And it kind of begins us with this little preface um, that helps us to to sort of see how it's going to function throughout. And and the Psalms, if you don't know this, serve as both sort of like a prayer book for ancient Israel as well as a hymnal. So a lot of them are poems that were sung as much as they were um, used in in prayer. So they're prayers that are songs. and, And just like all of our songs... They have these different sort of moods to them. Some, you might even say genres to them. Um, they're, they're, some are sad and some are happy. Some kind of bring us uh, wisdom and, and, and others remind us of you know, the important things in life. Some tell a story. 
Our songs do this same thing. Not just the songs that we sing in the hymn book, the songs that we sing in church, the songs that we listen to on the radio. You know, the the ones that, that come to us in various forms and genres, like whether it's jazz or rock, country or blues. I mean, we get this same sort of feeling in them, don't we? For years, you're not going to be surprised by this, I've been a rocker, you know, I've been a, I've been a, Kind of a, a hard edge blues rocker, you know. I, I know it's surprising, but this is my thing. You know, this is where I live, and and um, and I like it. But a couple of years ago, I decided, you know, I've just been listening to the same music too long. I'm going to try out country. So I started listening to some country music, and some of it was really cheesy and contrived, but other of it I really found that I liked, you know. And so I kind of started. Listening to a little country, my wife would tell me sometimes, like, please, turn the station. Um, and, uh, and so I do. I'm dutiful then, most of the time. Um, but there's a song that I came across a few years ago by Tim McGraw, and it's called Humble and Kind. And here's how, I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going I'm to recite it to you as poetry. You know there's a light that glows by the front door. Don't forget the keys under the mat. When childhood stars shine, always stay humble and kind. Go to church because your mama says to visit grandpa every chance that you can. It won't be wasted time. Always stay humble and kind. And in the chorus, it says this. Hold the door. Say, please say thank you. Don't steal. Don't cheat and don't lie. I know you got mountains to climb, but always stay humble and kind. If you may not like the musical accompaniment that goes with it, if you were listening to it on the radio, you might think, oh, this is really grains, it goes against the grain for me. But do you hear the words? Do you feel the sentiment? This is wisdom, right? This is a wisdom song. It's a value song. It's a song that tells the listener, sometimes go against the grain of your own, you know, instincts. Go against the grain of the things that you, you feel and do what's right instead. And that's exactly the way Psalm 1 works. It works with the exact same sentiment and intent. It's also poetry, but it comes to us and it offers us a binary choice. Psalm 1 offers to its reader, its listener, its singer, its prayer, um, a binary choice. That you can follow and delight in the law of the Lord or walk into the wisdom of the world. It, it sort of reminds me of Deuteronomy 30. Maybe you remember this passage in, in Deuteronomy 30 where, where God, through Moses, says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you that I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life that you and your children may live. God says through Moses, just as the children of Israel are about to enter the promised land, look, you have two choices, life and death, blessing and curse. Choose well. <laughs> Choose wisely. Right? And this is the way the psalm works. Listen again. If you have your insert, will you look at it with me? The psalm 1. Uh, I, uh, uh, excuse me. Um, Blessed is the man who walks, has not walked in the counsel of the ungodly. I learned this years ago in the, in the King James Version, and it just wants to come out. So I'm going to try not to do that. Blessed is the man who has not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, and has not sat in the seat of the scornful, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he will meditate day and night. Now, the English translation uses this masculine nouns and pronouns. Blessed is the man, he, so on. 
But the Hebrew really calls out for a much deeper uh, realization. It, it, it's Isha, you know, it's Ish rather, which is the, the, the masculine form. Uh, you remember Genesis 2, um, she should be called woman because she was taken out of man. She should be called Isha because she was taken out of Ish. So the sense of humanity, blessed is the person, the man, woman, child who, who walks in the, the, the law of the Lord, who does not walk in the counsel of sinners. Blessed is this person who delights in the law of the Lord. And this word law is, is sometimes difficult too. It's difficult for, for 21st century Americans because the way we hear law. I mean, the way I hear law is speed limit, 55. Which means you probably can get by with 62. But not much more than that, right? Like 55, this is the law. You go beyond it, you're going to be punished. You don't walk across the street in the middle of the road. You, you, you go at an intersection. If you don't, you might be punished. You pay your taxes. Because if you don't, you're going to be punished. Right? This is the way the law works in our world. Do this, demand, or be punished. Torah, in Hebrew, not like that at all. Yes, of course, there's, there's demand and punishment. But Torah, in, in Hebrew is instruction. Blessed is the person who delights in the instruction of the Lord, who walks in the way of the Lord, who listens to the counsel of the Lord. This is the way Torah works in Hebrew. It's not just the law. And blessed is happiness. Happy is the person. Happy is the person who delights in the law of the Lord. Happiness is what we're looking for. Happiness is what everyone is looking for. It's the reason people work late hours. It's the reason people buy things they don't need. It's the reason people discard relationships and pick up other ones. Why? Because they want happiness. And the psalm begins by saying, happy is the person who delights in the law of the Lord. Happy is this person, but not so with the wicked. The wicked do not live the blessed life. They're like zombies, the living dead, who walk around among us, but do not really enjoy the blessing of life. Now, this psalm does not mean that we cannot have friends who are sinners and scoffers and whatever. Obviously, that's not what it means. St. Paul, in, in, in the, in, writing to the Corinthians, tells you know, them the, to put out of their, their midst the people who are Christians who won't live according to Scripture. But he says, I don't mean that you shouldn't spend time with people who are unbelievers, because how else will they ever hear the gospel? That's not the point. The point is, whose philosophy are we listening to? To whom are we paying attention? Whose philosophy is guiding and instructing our lives? And it's a binary choice. Are we going to listen to the instruction of the Lord? Are we going to do what we want? Are we going to follow our own devices and desires? The psalm ends, of course, doesn't it? The wicked is going to perish. Begins, blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. Ends, but the way of the wicked leads to death. Like the chaff, which the wind blows away. I was thinking about this all week because I knew I was going to be preaching this. And I'm driving around and I see these leaves, leaves everywhere. I have this tree that dumps like 10 million leaves. And I look up and it hasn't even, doesn't even look like it's lost any of them yet. I'm thinking to myself, when is this ever going to be done? You know, just leave. And 
and all I want to do is get rid of them. You drive down the road and you see them blowing along. Nobody, nobody gives any thought. They just want to get rid of them. They need, they need to be gone. This psalm does not mean, however, that choosing to walk in the way of the Lord means that we won't have difficulty. We are going to have difficulty. If you can hear my voice today and you have not suffered yet, guess what? It's coming. I hate to be bare of bad news. It's coming your way. We all have to suffer. We're all going to have difficult days to face. And if you think that being a Christian will uh, alleviate those sufferings, let me disabuse you of that notion right this moment, because that is not the gospel at all. If somebody is selling you that, they're not selling you the gospel. There's going to be difficulty. Jesus said, that it, you know, it's like two people who built their house in two different places. One builds it on a rock and the other builds it in the sand and the winds and the wave come. And the one that's built on the sand is crushed and the one that builds it on the rock, it stands firm. The wind and the waves come to both houses. The question is, upon what foundation have you built your home? So what does this mean to us? I mean, how does this work out in our lives, right? The big so what? (laughs) Well, first of all, how about this? You're here. And those of you out there are out there, and thank you for being there. You've begun your week with the Sabbath. Ended your week with the Sabbath. Sort of overlaps, doesn't it? End in the beginning. That's not the wisdom of our world. The wisdom of our world says what? That That Sunday is for birthday parties and yard work and crossword puzzles and whatever else. None of those things are bad. All those things are great. You can do them on Sunday. But when you start your week, when you end your week with worship, it puts God first in your life. Remember the Sabbath day, the Lord says. This is in the law of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days shall you work and do all your labor. But the seventh is the Sabbath unto the Lord. That it is, it is for our good. Children can listen to their parents or they can listen to their friends. The wisdom of the Lord says, honor your father and your mother. Spouses can guard our hearts and our marriages. Or we can look for the next fun thing. Do not commit adultery is the law of the Lord. The instruction of God. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not covet what your neighbor has. And the conventional wisdom of our world says, take what's yours. Get what you want. It's okay to want what you want. This is absolutely contrary to the law of the Lord. And our choice this morning is... To whom are we going to listen? What philosophy is going to guide our life? Because this is a binary choice. And it's one that has to be made over and over and over again. And he meditates on this law day and night. Constantly thinking through this. Constantly meditating. You know this great old poem by Robert Frost. Two roads, right? Two roads diverge in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay and leaves no step had trodden black, Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet, knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, Frost says, somewhere ages and ages hence.
that two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. This morning, today, two roads diverge in your world. Right now, all of us, you and I, all have a choice. There's two roads right before us. One way is the way of the Lord, and the other is the wisdom of the world. And you can choose whichever one you want. But you cannot choose both. You cannot be one traveler and go down both. Circling back to Chuck Murphy, you can do anything you want, but you cannot do everything you want. So choose wisely. Choose wisely. Because that choice will make all the difference. Amen.